if significant other, parent, or whatever, in the first five minutes of your movie says pointedly, I love you, Julia. Like, I'm <laughs> oh, dead. Oh, dead yeah. man walking. Dead yeah. man walking. Like the whole, you know, it's going to, yeah. I mean, Are you just supposed to not to be, tell people you love them? Because yeah. then you could You, you could die. synchronize your watch right then. going to yeah. be like, and three, two, death. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as As the the final final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey everyone. Howdy. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. We are the first podcast from Indie Popcorn recording at the circus. I'm Marion. I'm Julia. And today we are going to continue on the sequel train that we've been going on with uh, episode number 44, 1992's Pet Cemetery 2. The uh, title of this episode, Why Did You Dig Up My Wife? And that, that question will be answered. That question will be <laughs> really fucking answered. Uh, and the tagline for this film is, Raise Some Hell. It's kind Raise, of a, yeah. kind of kind of a lazy tagline. Yeah, uh-huh. But also they had Edward Furlong on the cover, so they're on the movie posters. They're like, oh, we don't need to put too much time into this tagline yeah. thing. And, and nobody's reading this. Nobody cares. Everyone's just looking at him. Yeah, um, this this movie is basically playing off of Eddie Furlong's yeah. T2 uh, debut. Yep. And the thousands of, of <laughs> teenage girls whose hearts were snagged. Including mine. And who had never even, pro- well, I was going to say, you being the exception, never even heard of the original Pet Cemetery, And oh, they were well. like, what's his next movie? Okay. Like, no, they don't understand anything about how this world works or what well, the deal is. Yeah, or- I was I was the, the 1% girl who was like, I fucking love Pet Cemetery, And now Eddie Furlong's coming Best into of it. both worlds. Yeah, really excited. This is a total win for you, this thing. <laughs> it was. I cannot, I cannot express how many times. It's uh, straight up... F- First off, it's it's not that great, um, <laughs> but at teenage girl me, yeah. nineteen ninety two me was super like, into it. Excited. I saw it many times in the in the theater. That's very funny. Uh, so th- this uh, was directed by Mary Lambert, yes, who, who also directed back. the mm-hmm. original Pet Cemetery. Right. So you have a director coming in for the sequel, which is quite rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then also because I think part of it is that with sequels, often you will have the next filmmaker who comes along being like, "Oh, well, we need to totally deviate and like reinvent the wheel and come at this thing sideways." ways and think about it and and I feel like there's elements of that in this a mm-hmm. little bit but it's 100% the same director so right. I think that's kind of interesting um well they do I, I love that we have a fake out beginning yeah uh, you have the the vampire movie mm-hmm. uh, castle of terror yeah and you're like oh okay they're gonna they are gonna switch it's it gonna up. be like a like a period thing like a gothic like a, horror thing right. uh but then we find out that it's actually just uh, a movie set yes. where Eddie Furlong's super Superstar mom yeah. is doing her vampire Renee. role. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I also like that uh, he's – so Eddie's on set. He plays Jeff and he's on set while his mom is like, you know, killing it in this uh, movie. And they have that moment where, you know, they call cut and she sits down and, you know, wants to get a cigarette and does all the sort of movie star cliche things that you do. And he comes over and they're sort of chit-chatting and then she has to go back to filming again. And I feel like this is also a very good like horror movie survival guide tip. If – significant other parent or whatever in the first five minutes of your movie says pointedly i love you julia like (laughs) 
I'm oh, dead. Oh, dead man walking. Dead yeah. man walking. Like the whole, you know, it's good. Yeah. I mean, are you just supposed to not to be, tell people you love them? Because yeah. then you could, you, you could, could die? synchronize your watch right then. going to be yeah. like, and three to death um, immediately. Yes. This is a, this is a, this is a bad Hollywood set death as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is a uh, live wire into puddle. There are some union rules broken here yeah. on the set. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically like they had, there's like this sort of electrical box kind of right underneath um, this crypt that has bars in front of it that she was like leaning into and then uh, water spills in the electrical box and it goes up through the bars and electrocutes her which goes on for quite a bit and then like her she like her face falls into the bars and then like her face is like glued it's like, like burned getting, getting grilled yeah like it's just kind of try and then of course uh eddie sees the whole thing um and he screams mom like nine million times in like that voice crack thing that like he was rocking back then which like i feel like everyone's just having t2 flashbacks and because he screams mom so much in terminator 2 i'm like is this intentional is this just to let all the little girls know like hey this he, is what you still, signed up for you still got it watching Eddie furlong scream mom with his voice cracking which you all love um and and we did. And we do. <laughs> Still do. My heart twinges every time I hear it. I go, oh, Eddie Furlong. <laughs> and it was because it's just such a short time to yeah. get him in. And then yeah. you got him twice in that time. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, a call is made to Anthony Edwards, uh, who plays uh, his dad, who's a veterinarian. Um, and, and then we just cut right to the funeral scene. Um, so it's like, that's the that's the end of mom. And uh Anthony Edwards is going to take his son and move back to Maine to get him out of L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet at the funeral um, Gus, who's like the local sheriff, played by Clancy Brown, um, who's just like going to be our movie jerk, basically. Yeah, yeah he's just, a really, really good yeah, one. Yeah, he's a good, he's a solid movie jerk, like chop licking, like mustache twirling, like he's super having, jerk. He's having fun with <laughs> it. He's having a lot of fun with this movie. Um, and so, yeah, he's basically the jerk. And, uh, and the, so they decide to move back to, they call it the summer home. They get this woman who's a housekeeper named Marjorie who looks a lot like Renee, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, is this going to factor into this movie? Kind of And the does. fact that your housekeeper wears like bare midriffs and shorty shorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's how housekeepers dress. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how they roll. Um, and so uh, they basically, they are, he's going to, Anthony Edwards is a, being a veterinarian is going to reopen um, a practice that's been shut down in this town. So this is Ludlow, right. Maine, which is mm-hmm. the same town that Pet Cemetery 1 took place in. Right, with so, the creeds. Yes, with the creeds, bringing mm-hmm. them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're trying trying to kind of like we're in the same town guys like yeah. here we are we're mm-hmm. going to use the exact same pet cemetery right. so they're you know yeah. deviating but not too much yeah following the same beats but yeah you know. but it's definitely like kind of horror movie sequel where it's like two years later yeah. kind of thing you know where it's like enough enough time has passed where like people still kind of know the story but yet the new people coming in like they have no idea what's going on what the thing what the deal is um so gus shows up with uh, his kid drew um to the vet clinic and their dog zowie um, and that's how when you kind of meet uh, Drew's gonna and Jeff are gonna kind of become little uh, friends and uh, and. Uh, I guess Zowie has tried to, for some reason, I still don't quite understand this in this movie, uh, Gus keeps like a thousand rabbits right. outside their house. Um, and, and Zowie keeps, keeps trying to break into him as a dog would if you yes. had a thousand rabbits in a cage outside um, and scratched his nose. And you, it's very clear that Gus does not like the dog, is not into the dog, and Drew is super into the dog. And so he kind of takes care of him. And uh, also when we're there exploring the vet clinic, um, 
they find a box of kittens that's been kind of left by the previous owner in an abandoned building. Um, and uh, Jeff is allowed to keep one of the kittens. And then the rest of them are kind of, they have these signs up that's like free kittens. And um, so he keeps one of the kittens and names him Tiger mm-hmm. and decides to take the kitten to school and Terrible. pretty much everywhere. Terrible um, idea. Don't take your kitten to school. Yeah. Because the local bully is yeah. just going to steal that kitten. Yeah. Which is the biggest dick. Like stealing someone's kittens, no fucking joke, man. Also, is local bully the same bully from uh, Lady in White? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's Clyde. I don't know who this actor is, but uh, let me look it up. Um, uh, but he's basically, yeah, he, uh, Jared Rushton uh, is Clyde and uh, he's the local bully. And yeah, basically just like, hey, kid. And they also all know that his mom died because his yeah. mom's a super famous actress. They're like, hey, hey, jerk jerk whose mom just died what a jerk thing happened like he's just you know the worst teenage boys i know um and so yeah he steals his kitten and uh there's like a bike chase with the kitten um and the bike chase leads to the pet cemetery of course. um and he's like oh yeah i definitely killed your kitten and its body is over there in the pet cemetery if you want to go get it and i like that um eddie furlong's char- uh, character is just not particularly threatened by the bully so it's not going to be that story where he you know sort of weak and then has to come up like immediately he starts fighting him he's just like fuck you and like just starts you know beating him up and he gets his ass kicked but then the bullies kind of you know go away and he walks into the pet cemetery and finds the kitten still alive trapped in a cage so like Clyde didn't really kill so he's not that big of a bully but still pretty bad he's got he's got places to go yet you know yeah um but you also see not only the pet cemetery from the original film but also that bear Right, where they have the awesome push-pull. They did have a push-pull, yep. They did a push-pull. And crossing from the original film, if you guys remember, once you cross over that barrier and bury something in the bar- over the barrier, that's when it can come back to life. Not in the original Pet cemetery, right. but you in the like... you got to hike up a, a ways... Over the boundary, yes. To the Micmac burial Indian yeah, ground. The, the weird rock formations yeah. and, you know, sure, whatever. Where they can do all the sweeping helicopter shots they want because yeah. it's, just, it's just beautiful up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, uh, uh, so Drew also comes back at that point because he was kind of with the bullies and kind of becomes like... he. That's how he and Jeff become friends, where he's just like, well, I'm really sorry your mom died. And also those guys are jerks and I don't know why I'm hanging out with them. Um, and uh, and so uh, he also tells him that Gus is his stepdad, not right. his actual dad. Um, and so then you go back to kind of seeing what uh, life is like at Drew's house. Ugh. And that's when you see the kajillion rabbits, which like he has protected with this like electric fence bell system yeah it's really, really intricate what we're like that's he about. can hear if anybody's trying to get in because the bell's gonna ring and plus they're gonna get fried yes so i don't know if this is supposed to be like a main thing where like you keep rabbits it's a thing like how some people is in new york it? keep pigeons or yeah. something like i don't i, I don't know because there's uh yeah but i love i love gus gus's because in, in the first film judd has such an incredible main accent yeah and and in this film we get gus with his incredible main right accent, uh-huh. which i i love because i just like oh it sounds like stephen king uh-huh. it just makes me happy but it's just like they're the only characters who have it nobody else has it gus's yeah. mom i mean no. not, not gus's wife doesn't have it um but also you kind of see when they get home that like gus is kind of the worst stepdad ever because he's basically a bully too and also he's really gross with drew's mom like yeah. around like they're constantly like making out like and like her in front of him yeah it's really like, inappropriate like super... she, she's a hot mom but still yeah but still it's like yeah that's great but you can see what drew's like i hate this guy so much i always have like such like disrespect for these like these these moms in these kind of roles where you have like the evil stepdad because like if you see that you're the guy you like does not like your kid it's done yeah like why are you even taking that relationship any further let alone marrying that guy yeah because you know he's a dick and yeah. you know he's a dick to your son yeah so like 
It'll I mean, you self-respect. Yeah. Uh, you got to love your kid. Yeah. But it also could be a thing where like maybe she was like down on her luck at the time. And so like she kind of. He's was, the sheriff. And yeah. He can... So it was like stability and also come live in my weird house with all my rabbits. And I'll, I don't know. Yeah. You know? I don't see why he's appealing. Yeah. Uh, but even less appealing. Yeah. When uh, Zowie, who never gives up on these rabbits. Uh, <laughs> because he's a dog. And yeah. of course, if you have a thousand rabbits, the dog's going to try and get your rabbits. Uh-huh. Like just don't have the rabbits, you know. So Gus, it just is like, oh, uh, I'm going to shoot your dog. Yeah. And then shoots his dog. Yeah. And it's really terrible too because like he does it and the dog it's like the thing where like the dog has run off and then he shoots him with like a rifle and then you hear the sound and it's like and then he's like what you do and like runs off after the dog and they really Mary Lambert really takes her time with this sort of like he finds the dog kind of mortally wounded off in the kind of the woods by himself and Drew kind of goes over and kind of sits with him for a little bit that song yeah I feel you Fading away. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me with this? I mean, they're really like milking the like what it is for a child to lose an animal for the first time yeah. bit. Um, By and your I, stepdad who just shot him. Right. And I feel like in the original film, sort of losing animals were just sort of, it was sort of talked about. It was like, oh, this will be too difficult, you know, for my daughter. Or this will be too difficult for my son. So we're just going to, and it was very much seen through the parents' point of view. This movie is very much the kids' point of view. Oh, yeah. It's all about sort of like, sort of tweens, you know, boys, like, and sort of struggling growing up and hating your parents and not feeling respected and everyone ignores you. And then also the first time you lose, like, a beloved animal. And mm-hmm. they really, like, milk that moment. And that's really an interesting setup for what these kids will eventually decide to do rather right. than, like, oh, I'm, as, as a grown-up, I'm going to make probably not a great choice. It's, like, they're kids. Yeah, so, of course, you they're would make this choice. kids and you don't want your dog to die, you yeah. know? Especially if you're, like, Dick's stepdad, like, shot it, you know? You're, like, no. Screw that guy. That's you not know? how this ends. That's not how this ends, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, basically, uh, and, and Gus does not feel bad about it at all. He has no, this, he, has he this, never apologizes. No, he has this, they eventually, they, so, of course, they take him and they go and they bury Zowie in the pet cemetery. And on the way back, he's walking back on the highway by himself. And Gus picks him up and he tells him, life is full of lessons, buddy. No one's above them. Not you, not me. I believe that's him apologizing. I think that's as close as he comes. Yeah, to. does he? he, he t- and and like he's trying. Like when Drew's getting in the car, he like pulls away before he even like gets Fully in the gets car. In, yeah, You're like come on, <laughs> just the worst. Um, so he basically yeah takes Drew home and then like knocks on his bedroom door in the middle of the night. And it's like you jerk. Like why? How could you lie about that? Blah blah blah. Because Zowie is back, and of course he's got that crazy like red eye, uh-huh. looks insane. Like he's dug himself out of his own grave thing. And Drew's like. Ooh. So he like has Zowie go in the room with him and uh, and shuts the door and he's like I don't know if this is okay and yeah the parents are just basically mad because they think that he lied but, like, about what it. What is Drew? I mean, he knew he was going to come back, so he's like, eh. he seems more freaked out than I think he should be. Because it's the thing where if they haven't seen it before, they think they're just going to come back normal. Uh, like, you're going to bury me, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm still going to be married. Right, but but just, not. I had been buried for like an hour. But right. that's never the case. Right. Like, I'm gross, parts of me are falling off, my right. eyes have to do that crazy red eye thing. Yeah. Like, it's just never, it's like we talked about before, like the monkey's paw. It's like they come back in like this horrible state, and also they're kind of insane right sort of it's like they're sort of that, that rabies right the, kind of mm-hmm. thing like they're super aggressive yeah because you and, have in the first one you have judd to kind of explain the deal yes. and no one has ever explained no. the deal like but the, he knows that the legend is exactly but he's never heard about actually right what's happened so that could so to me that kind of makes sense well like this seems like a good idea i heard that whereas yeah judd knew that they came they come back but when they come back they're crazy right. and they're not them and dead is better and that whole thing sure of course um, yeah but drew would have had to have at least heard about timmy baderman right like the kid the kid who came back like he 
would have been in the but same that, wasn't town. Wasn't that the World War II kid, though? Yeah. Was, but eh, maybe. Okay. But maybe at that point, it's like the 90s. Maybe that legend's just gone. Yeah. Like, Judd knows about it because he lived through it. Right. You know what I mean? But for these kids, it's like 50 years ago. Might as well be 5,000 years ago, you right. know? Um, so, yeah, the kid co- – so it comes back, and it's insane. So they decide to ask Anthony Edwards to, like, take a look at it. Because he's, he's just, a vet. Right. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is no good. Um, so he takes a sample. Um, so he kennels him, but he takes a blood sample and sends it off to kind of figure out, like, what – what the deal actually is um and then this is sort of the beginning of a couple of dream sequences that happen in this movie and this is jeff's dream where he sees his mother on a rocking chair in sort of a beautiful white gown it's sort of like an idyllic sort of image of your mother and then zowie's dog head Mm -hmm. is on her yeah and this is before i think he knows that the dog has come back or no, he does know the dogs come back because Anthony Edwards dealt with them. Right. So it's just like, oh, okay, that's not right. And that that image of like Jeff's mother with Zowie's dog head <laughs> kind of recurs quite a bit. And I'm not totally sure what that well, means. I guess I felt like uh, you have Ellie having prophetic dreams in the first one. Oh, so I feel like okay. he's kind of having prophetic dreams in this one. Got but it. they're kind of mixed up because it was his mom who died and now the dog's back. Oh, and like, okay. So, you, so it's this thing again of like the children kind of... Anthony Edwards also has a prophetic dream He later, does. So I yeah. don't know because like everybody in this town is like Ludlow, Maine is like everyone's... <laughs> everyone's psychic. Everyone, um, well, it's Stephen King world. So but is it is it Stephen King world though? Because this is a sequel... In his town of these characters, but right. not these characters. Right. That he has nothing to do with. Right. But he had to, does he have, to, did he have to give their okay? Or they were just like, we own your property now, we can do whatever we want with it? That's a good question. I don't know. I would imagine he would have said uh, no to yeah. that cemetery too. <laughs> that would be my guess. Yeah. But yeah. But maybe he had no choice. I don't know. It's, yeah. Maybe that's why like he had no choice, but it can have nothing to do with the creeds. Because like obviously since Ellie was sort of the survivor from the previous one, right. it would be obvious like, oh, you would just make her teenager or make her grow up or make her whatever but like nope like they abandon the creeds altogether right. which is kind of the problem with this movie because yeah. you know but they do mention ellie so they, they yeah. have a um, they have a scene where they go out on halloween yep so we have drew uh, as dracula mm-hmm. which is an excellent dracula Solid dracula i yeah. really like it mm-hmm. and then you have uh, eddie furlong as jason Voorhees. yep <laughs> I'm like, all right <laughs> horror movie shout out that makes us proud yeah um so we get the the bully who talks about Ellie, the, the legend of yeah. Ellie Creed. Why is he hanging out with the bully? They were fighting earlier. We don't know. Yeah. We uh, talk about this with teenage boys where it's like the, you kind of casually hang with your tormentor. Like, what is that about? You know? Frenemies, you guys. I oh. think so. Is that what it is? They're the guy version of frenemies. I guess so. so. They're, the, they're the cool guys. Yeah. So. But you're cool. So I guess we'll still hang out. Yeah. Uh, so they go hang out in the pet cemetery, listen to him talk about the story of Ellie, mm-hmm. who they say killed her grandparents. Yeah. Uh, but did you think that was true or did you think he was just adding that flourish just to like freak his friends out i think that because like with the axe and the whole bit i was well, like this I mean, seems pretty nuts he, well he's like you know she looks the brains off the axe you're like well maybe or maybe not this actually happened but okay. this is i think they're supposed to tell you like they haven't mentioned the creed yet in this movie what happened to ellie she totally lived and uh-huh. i think this is supposed to be the like okay this is what happened to ellie sure she kills her grandparents goes on a mental institution but escaped two uh-huh. nights ago now that's the question is that true yeah did she really escape two nights yeah, ago because... i don't know i think it's also too if like you sort of don't have like the sort of like a dubious storyteller of this you know yes. i think it'd be one thing if like the doctor that we or the other veterinarian that we run into later if he told that story yeah. or somebody else but because it's this kid i kind of feel like the whole thing is just nonsense right so she could be anywhere doing anything exactly yeah okay. I, I didn't really believe it but um, so I, I i would like it better if it had been actually about her of course sure but 
But, you know, yeah. yeah. With what we got. Yeah. No, th- I get it. Um, but then uh, Gus comes to break up uh, the party and <laughs> becomes, like, super violent and, like, hits Drew, like, with his fist and then picks up, like, a cross from a grave and looks like he's going to, like, beat him to death with it? Like, what I don't... wrong with Gus? I don't know. But then uh, Zowie uh, just comes out. And it's interesting. We're, like, a lot of the animals will sort of do this thing where, like, they're insane and they'll attack you, but they'll also protect you yeah because he so sort of he turns still on, on drew side but he later he turns on drew right. so it's like i don't know if they get madder as they are alive dead alive longer or whatever but he's definitely like protecting drew in this moment yes um and rips out gus's throat it's a good basically ripping out yeah sequence. and all the kids of course have fled when they see gus because they're like it's the cops man run and then only jeff and drew are the ones left and they see it and I feel like these kids do a really good job of just like that's terrifying. Like, is he dead? Like, I don't know. And they like poke him. Yeah. Like, is he? And they're like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's not that's not good. Um, and uh, and and again, it's like they they bury him in the pet cemetery, but or you know over the boundary. They, and he's part a, of he's a big guy. He is man. a big they guy. Would have to carry yeah, that. Clancy mother. Brown is yeah. That's 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 a lot of guy. Um, but part of me was kind of like, no way. You hate this guy, but because again, this is from sort of teenage boy point of view. It's definitely that it's a kind of a cool reason to do it where it's not so much like, oh, I want to keep my animal alive. It's like, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't want my mom to find out. I don't want my mom to find out. And like, that's kind of an amazing reason to bury like a to kind of excuse a burying sort of like your dickhead stepfather um, in the pet cemetery is not because, you know, so it's not like that turn where like they're going to come back. You know, they were a lovely cat or a lovely dog or a lovely human being. And then when they come back, they're a monster. They were a monster in real life. And then you're going to bury that guy in Pet cemetery, And when he comes back, it's going to be really bad. Like, but actually, I think he's kind of, he's kind of better dead. But exactly. But that's the, that's what's interesting is because I think the expectation then from the audience is just like, oh, he's oh, going to come back Gus. and just be like uber monster, St- straight monster. But so I, but I also think that, you know, the excuse for why they do it is I think holds up and I, I really like it. Um, And so of course Gus does come back and there is like some monster stuff because he comes back and he, his neck is horrible. And so he like comes home and it's like, oh, I, I'm going to go upstairs and take a shower. And he seems kind of out of it. He's really confused. Mm -hmm. But then he sees the mom and he like wraps his neck up so she won't see how disgusting his throat is. And there's this weird scene where he like gets into bed with her because she asks him to. And then she sees like, oh, you smell weird and you look crazy. What happened to you? And you're cold. Yeah. And he like kind of forces himself. Yeah. There's a zombie rape sequence in this movie. There is. It's not like, you it's, know, it's evil dead like, zombie, right? Yeah, it's not yeah, that yeah. bad, but mm-hmm. it's still like, oh, this But I was is like, oh, are we, are we doing this? Are we doing, oh, we're doing this. We're yeah. doing this. So it's like, he, he is kind of worse. I feel like he way. would do that anyway. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I feel like she's kind of rapey anyway. So like, you know, but she's always into it. So yeah. this is a point where like, oh, now he's like, he smells, he, something's weird with him and he smells bad and like. And he just won't take no for an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. It's hot, you know? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's no. It's the worst. No, it's pretty bad. Um, but, but then. It, it's just, uh, yes. But so like, but see that that scene happens and then immediately afterwards, Drew and Jeff are like riding bikes and he's like, you know what? Yeah, Gus came back and. He's okay. Like, he's actually, so he's, like, kind of terrible to the wife, but, like, really nice to his stepkid. Because I think that's, like, the angry element's gone, and he's just, like, brain dead and stupid. 
Okay. Like that's how I take it. It's okay. like he doesn't like the all the the fire that it took to be angry uh-huh. has, has left him because he's okay. dead now. But I just like like the saddest thing in the world when like the dead version of you is better than the live version of you. <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah. So be a good person. So your dead person, your dead version will be better. <laughs> I know. Um, so basically, yeah, then uh, going back to Anthony Edwards, Zowie, who's been kept in this kennel, in this cage the whole time, has I, broken out. I do like that we see, can I just point out, yes. we see Anthony Edwards eating dog biscuits in this movie. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. What are you yeah. talking about? There's a part where he's like, he's... Oh, when they're getting the blood work? Yeah, and oh. he's just like crunching on something. It's Hilarious. totally a, it's totally a dog biscuit. I did not notice that. Um, that's I, like, re- I that's like that character, that little character moment. That's really funny. No, because yeah, Anthony Edwards is back at the vet clinic and uh, the uh, lab guy has sort of called and is like, why did you send me the blood of a dead animal? And he's like, I didn't. It's an alive animal. He's like, no, nope, it's definitely dead. 100%, that's the blood of a dead dead animal. And then, he hear, and then he's like, mm, and he goes back to the kennel and Zowie has <laughs> broken out. Um, and there's this really sad sequence where this woman shows up with like these two little twin blonde girls. They're like, oh, hey, we saw your sign about like free kittens. Like, can we, can we have your kittens? And he's like, yeah, just go on the back. And the little girls go back there and they start screaming and freaking out. And then he runs back there and Zowie's broken out and has eaten the box of kittens. Not Um, just eaten, like annihilated the box of kittens. It's like Armageddon kitten blood. I didn't see the whole thing. I saw like the beginning of like the first couple kitten bits and then I closed my eyes. Yeah, Um, it's pretty bad. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it seemed seemed pretty bad. But you know, it's Pet cemetery. You know animal deaths involved. Like that's part of, I mean, you don't need... kitten massacre is pretty hardcore. Well, Mary Lambert likes to push the envelope and be like, oh, hey, this box of kittens we saw earlier. How about that? Yeah. How about they all get eaten? How about that? Um, Yeah, I think it's more of the the carnage candy element. Yeah, she also does unnecessary thought of him like sawing into a dog brain like having like brain surgery i'm like whoa yeah we know he's a vent but please okay (laughs) we got it we got it um yeah i think she's taking that element from randy's speech of carnage candy like oh okay it's got to be and also i think it's hard for her too because what's his name's death from the beginning of the first film victor pascal yeah victor i mean that is excellent pretty gross and so i feel like if you feel like oh for my sequel i've got to up that i'm gonna kill a box kitten i think i'm gonna kill a box kittens (laughs) that's gonna happen so um so basically um anthony edwards is sort of like okay so what is going on here and so he goes to visit the previous vet from the town dr yolander um who's crackers yeah uh, like the one like crossover character from these movies is like church's vet yeah like that's who we get i'm like okay it's kind of tenuous but i mean i guess it kind of makes sense right because that's his job and you know he's saying oh you know the i haven't seen or the last time this happened was when the creeds brought their cat in and i guess they also did blood work on him supposedly and um and that's when i saw and that's what the the vet saw this before so they go and he's like in the middle of like talking to himself while he's like taxidermying animals Mm -hmm. um and then he comes in and he's sort of like so what's the deal with this like you know the, i got this you know the and the vet's like in the beginning he seems sort of like i don't know like just kind of a bit eccentric and then like as he starts monologuing about you don't understand you need to run run away and i think edwards is just like oh jesus and like freaks out and like leaves um but he's sort of uh kind of like our crazy ralph i feel like in this movie uh. like he's the sort of like it comes later it's not like i mean it, i think it would be better more crazy ralph if it came earlier but i feel like he comes at sort of like just past the halfway point in this movie and it's just like Oh yeah, oh yeah! Like you have no idea. Like they're burying things in the pet cemetery again. That's what's going on. And I feel like Anthony Edwards is sort of out of the loop in a lot of this movie mm-hmm. until like the very, very end. So I feel like that's when he starts getting clued in on like, oh, stuff's going on. Like I probably should go home and find out where my kid is. Uh, and we go back uh, to where Gus and Drew are, where uh, Gus has killed all of his rabbits yeah. and is now like skinning them for dinner. And then we have this unbelievable dinner table sequence. <laughs> 
it's, it's such a crazy sequence in I'm this movie. I'm not quite sure what Clancy Brown is doing in the sequence, I have to be honest. So uh, it's like Gus and Drew are eating dinner, and, you know, Drew is kind of being a little scared because, you know, Gus is a zombie. Right. But Gus is just eating his rabbit and his mashed potatoes and then starts to, like, show him the food in his mouth and then just keeps going with it, like, so long until, like, the food's falling out of his mouth, but they're laughing. Yeah. Because it's the first time that he's ever, like, tried to be funny. Yeah. But it's just like grotesque, crazy funny, and like he's it's just Clancy Brown. Like he, he's kind of a weird looking guy. And then yeah. like you put like dead makeup on him, and then he looks even <laughs> crazier. And then I'm like, this scene's kind of just I don't perplexing. Know. It is, yeah. It's also too. I think you know, you know, Edry Furlong's character is going to go a bit crazy, sure. and this might be maybe the point of it is to kind of have him like show the beginning of like where he's headed because he thinks it's funny because he thinks sort of like a dead guy showing you his food is hilarious right. that maybe his sense of reality is not quite where it was at the beginning of this movie i guess i don't know okay that's i a, mean that's i don't know I guess. That, that, that's my that's my stretch um but then we also have another dream sequence anthony yes. edwards dream sequence uh, all blue dream, dream this thing sequence. is like something out of a music video which is funny because i know that's what mary, mary lambert yeah. yeah her whole deal and uh but it's crazy it's like this sort of insane like love making scene between him and his dead wife, but you know, showing her alive, and you have like nudity, and it's all lit blue, and he's shirtless, and she's got on this like white negligee thingy, and then they're like doing it, and then all again, she gets them like she suddenly has the head of a dog, and she has like the dog head is like making love to him, and then mm-hmm. he starts freaking out, and then the dog head becomes Zowie, who is attacking him in real life. In real life, yeah, and so then it's like he's attacking him with with the pillows and then feathers go everywhere so it's like blue light and feathers and shirtless Anthony Edwards and it's just and then the dog like jumps through a glass window and it's just the whole thing is very I don't know I feel like there's not a lot that's very surreal about this movie until you get to these dream sequences where you're like what? Like, well, I'm not quite clear on what the so point of that was. So is there was. like an Anthony Edwards, Edward Furlong psychic link where they're sharing dream type stuff? Like they're both dreaming about the same lady with dog heads. So right. there has to be some sort of yeah. father-son I don't know. I don't know Connection. either. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, we we get cut to the bully who's going to get his uh, his comeuppance yeah. mm-hmm. because he's he, he's doing some stupid stupid bully stuff. <laughs> yeah. Where he's uh, pretending to put Edward Furlong's scarf into his motorbike. Yeah. To mm-hmm. turn it on and it's uh, mm-hmm. said Gus comes to the rescue. Which again, this is like a yeah. why would Gus come to the rescue? But it's like Zowie. We're like right. Zowie came to the rescue and then later is going to like try and like eat Drew. But so like it, like you have like a couple day period where they're going to be like super okay. Yeah. And then they're just going to like go full you think, twang yeah yeah i don't know um but yeah basically he like tells uh, edward furlong to like hit the road like he's gonna take care of this and edward furlong's like you're right uh, um yeah and so he goes and he threatens to do the same thing that he was gonna do but uh clyde was gonna do it with edward furlong's bike and uh gus does it with his motorcycle right. and actually does it and like rip, the scarf goes in and like his kid's face goes in with it and like rips off like half of his face i'm just fucking with you yeah I turned around for part of that, too, because I was oh, like, that, okay. looks, that looks pretty gross. It was good. Uh, was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, ooh, okay. Um, but then, so, yeah. And so, and it's interesting, too, because then, because he killed him, he comes back later with a body bag, because they have this thing where it's like Indians used to bury their own when right. they used to bury him out there. So, because he killed him, he's like, I'm going to go bury you in the pet cemetery. So, I feel like that's our first, like, adult who's been buried in the pet cemetery. It's almost like zombie-ish. We're like, I want more of me right. out there, so I'm going to go bury you in the pet cemetery. I don't want to be alone. I guess so. Oh. I'm like, you hate this kid. 
I feel like you should do it with like your wife who you, you know, it's just expediency maybe. I guess. I don't know. know. Yeah. Yeah, Now I have another undead warrior on my side. I I guess guess. so. But then this is like where Gus kind of like turns on Drew and like starts to like become evil. Um, Because horror movies are a good tip. If people who come back from the dead start being nice to you. They're not nice. No. They're not going to stay nice. It's totally going to turn. Yeah. And it completely turns. It's strange, though, because, like, Mary Lambert, you know, as we know, did the first one. Uh, so, like, Rachel, when she comes back at the very end... Immediately. Is immediately mm-hmm. evil. And so is Gage. Yeah. So it, uh, this, like... But maybe it's because they were so forth. sweet and nice. But Zowie was a nice with. dog. Yeah, I don't know. It's not consistent. I know. And this is, again, where I feel like some of the flaws that we get into with, like, sequels is because then you sort of have these rules that seem to be established right. in the beginning. And if it's the same director, you're like, well, if it's a different director, they're like, well, I don't like your rules. So my own thing. But, right. like. If it's the same director, it should yeah, be the same rules. It should be the same rules. So, like, that's all we ask for is consistency Just in our a horror little movies. Bit, that's a all little we ask. A little bit of consistency. But then the rules here, like, Gus can drive as a dead man. <laughs> yes, he can. So yes, I was like, he can. Hmm, yeah. Okay. That's. Going far. Yeah. So basically he tries to attack uh, Drew and his uh, mom and they get in a car and like make a run for it. And um, and he chases them and basically pushes their car into the path of an oncoming truck a bit sort of like the original film where right. you have like the truck cam. And it is a horrific accident. And Drew and the mom totally get it. Yeah. And I will say I was shocked. It was a shocking death. Was which it? It was. I really didn't think they would kill Drew off. I feel like if you have sort of two little kids who seem to be kind of your heroes, and I feel like Drew was a sort of much a protagonist of the film yeah. as Eddie Furlong. Because the I was whole like, thing with Gus is the other guy's ste- and Drew's stepdad. Exactly. So. so I was like, yeah, I mean like the parents, most of the parents will probably die. Maybe Anthony Andrews will live. But I definitely thought both kids would live and like that kid gets annihilated yeah. like hard covered in potatoes yeah and so i that the movie kind of went up a few notches for me with that because i feel like shocking death where i'm genuinely surprised that somebody gets it because i just thought like oh maybe the mom will but the kid would some you know 100 yeah. percent. and then it like cuts to a newscast and it's like you know local mother and son obliterated today on the highway and yeah so i was like oh they're really doing that but that totally causes edward furlong to go full twang like he's just because then the housekeeper who who's sort of been gone for a long time who kind of comes back is sort of talking to Ed, anthony edwards like oh how's he doing since you know his friend died and everything he's like uh we haven't really talked about it he's just been up in the attic and then you go up in the attic and edward furlong has totally like done the attic like it's a set mm-hmm. like he has like the little like the mirror with the lights and like her costume set out and he's in, like in a suit with like shiny shoes and like a beds all set up and he's like fixing one of her dresses and anthony edwards comes in and it's like Hey, son. <laughs> How's it going, Tiger? What's what's going on? He's like, I'm waiting for her. Like, she's she's coming back. She's come, you know. Um, oh, Eddie Furlong. No, no, she's not coming back. Um, but she is coming back because Gus has decided to also dig up Renee and go bury her in the pet cemetery. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I, so I wish I could. Um, I could buy Eddie Furlong a little bit more in his like craziness. I don't feel like there's oh, much really? of a change between like regular Eddie Furlong and crazy Eddie Furlong. Okay. Can I just mention that? Okay. I feel like the I as a as a teenage girl, obviously I bought everything he did sure. like signed, sealed, and delivered. <laughs> but as a grown uh, woman, uh-huh. a little dubious on his acting skills. Oh really? Okay. In sorry. With the twang. I'm sorry, Eddie Furlong. No, I mean that's you know. it pains me to say it, but it's true. <laughs> he was still really young then. It's I cool. know. He's still really young. Um yeah, so Anthony yeah, so Gus uh goes to and and so mm-hmm. so anthony edwards has to go and confront gus because he he gets a call from like the uh the cemetery uh people and they're like uh by the way your wife is gone like gus the local sheriff said they needed to dig her up but that seemed kind of weird because as the sheriff they let him 
And so he goes to Gus's house, which is like gone full crazy. It's like you have like everything, like half of it's on fire, Uh all the walls, there's blood everywhere. There are dead rabbit carcasses everywhere. Uh And it's like, if you didn't need something from this man, you'd be like, back away slowly. But Um, he needs to know, yeah. why Mm -hmm. did you dig up my wife? Yeah. Gus says, Mm -hmm. because I wanted to fuck her. You're like, yeah. okay. You're all charm, Gus. Wow. All charm, yeah. So that one, now it's like zombie on zombie yeah. rape stuff going on. Ola. It's just Mary Lambert. What do you, what? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he decides that uh, uh, before, just before Anthony Edwards got there, um, Zowie shows up yet again to attack him. Um, and so he's injured. He has like a big wound in his shoulder. So uh, he and Gus start fighting. And when they do, there's this really gross sequence where he has a gun and he gets the gun knocked out of his hand. And then uh, Gus has like a drill mm-hmm. and he takes the drill and he drills into his shoulder wound. Um, it's well which done. is so simple. Mm-hmm. And yet awful. And you looked away, didn't you? Oh, you betcha. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but I heard the scream, and uh-huh. uh, and then you could also like kind of hear it's this thing. It's like I look away, but then I hear these noises, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually doing myself a service by looking away because I think what I'm picturing is exactly what's happening. Uh-huh. Um, but it went in, and like Anthony Edwards is this amazing, just like the worst pain ever scream. Um, and then he th- threatens to do it to his eyeball, and then they kind of tussle back and forth. But basically, finally. He shoots Gus in the head, uh, which I guess is what it takes yeah. uh, in order to kill Pet Cemetery risen folk. That's not that bad, yeah. really. That's pretty easy. Just like kill the brain, yeah, basically, yeah. So it's zombie like zom- rules, yeah, basically. Um, so then he goes back, uh, goes back to his house, and he goes upstairs to the attic, and there's this. It's kind of cool. Like again, I think it's sort of her music video style. There's sort of this tableau of like Eddie Furlong and his mother right. all you know her makeup is perfect even though her face had been previously melted and she's in this beautiful white dress and they're just kind of like holding each other like on this little like chaise lounge and it's like join us mm-hmm. like we can be a family again and Eddie's like super into it mm-hmm. he's like I got my mom yeah. I got my dad this is awesome um but it's not gonna be awesome because uh immediately like Anthony was just like no 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 She's dead. Like, you can't. No, there's no coming back. Like, this is right. come here, come here. Um, and then Clyde shows up. <laughs> the bully yeah. uh, shows up. And he looks horrible because he had half his face ripped off. And then he just starts some shit, basically. He's like, hey, I'm back from the dead. And I'm yeah. immediately going to start trying to kill That's you. That's what I am. Yeah, I'm a bully. A bully. See that? But he doesn't change. Bully in life. Bully in death. He should be nice. He doesn't get any nicer. Yeah, you're right. Doesn't make sense. Mm, inconsistency. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, basically, they start fighting. And the mom does nothing to help. She, like, locks the door and rips the door handle off and anthony edwards gets knocked knocked unconscious so he's not helpful and eventually uh eddie gets the upper hand and kills clyde um and then the mom has sort of knocked all of her cosmetics off to the side and lights them on fire Mm -hmm. to start a fire in the attic because i think it's one of those things where like we're all gonna burn to death yeah i'll take you down with me okay all this is how we all go together yes yeah so there is like this murderous quality where like once they come back they immediately want to kill everyone unless you're gus and then right. you're nice for a couple of days. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, like, and so this is sort of, like, Clyde coming back has sort of snapped Eddie out of it. Um, and then he tries to, like, help his dad to get them out. And uh, and he, like, chops down the front the door with an axe. Um, and she has that crazy scene where, like, you, like, she starts, she starts melting. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm melting, I'm melting. And, like, her wound sort of, because I don't know if it's, like, 
like the funeral home, like kind of niced her up. Oh, and you then, know? yeah. And then, just, and then all, all of it off. starts to yeah. melt while she's in fire. And so she's like, come on, join me. Dead is better. Dead is better. And he kind of gives her a last look and, and he was like, no, no, we got to go. And then they go. Uh, and then she's just left to burn um, to death in their attic. And you're like, bye house. Uh, and then you have kind of like a really short epilogue of like them basically moving out and yeah. just like leaving. Um, just being like, oh, all right. Well, all those people, all those people died. And then did you, did you notice the weird like they drive th- away through the town and there's like all the faces of everyone who died like yeah, pops just, up in the it was very weird so there's like this remember. weird music just so you remember this person died and then this person died and then this person and this person and this person you're like yeah yeah no we, we just saw the movie like we know <laughs> we know everyone who died like I don't well, you get you get fa- father final father and son yeah you do a final father and that's son. not very a, a very common combination that's true that's true and kid death and brutal lead kid death yeah um which is not yeah you don't see that often um so yeah and that's it that's the end of pet cemetery too um so gore factor um one is not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. Um, and we gave this a three and a half. There's some good, enough blood to fill up, gross out the average viewer. Yeah. Made you look away a couple of times, oh, which yeah. is always the how we gauge. No, you slaughtered a box of kittens, Mary Lambert. Like, you know, that's... Mary Lambert feels good about that. Yeah, I'm sure she does. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, wow. All right. <laughs> Movie rating, we have one to five chainsaws. One if you're desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastical. And we both gave this a three. Seen worse, seen better. I stand by that. I stand by that as well. Yeah. As as I the, definitely enjoyed the first one more. Oh, for sure. Um, the first but, the first one's yeah. like, you know, one of my top ten horror yeah. movies. So like any any time where you have something where you watch you, the original is so near and dear to you to mm-hmm. go to the sequel. Other than the fact that you were a teenage girl when Eddie Furlong was in it, <laughs> there was that. But, like, I can't even tell you, like, I used to have, like, those little mini tape recorders, and uh-huh. I would take it in and tape Eddie Furlong saying things. Like, wow. oh, oh, that's crazy. I know, right? Oh, that's real crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But me and my girlfriend in junior high did it. And we so were, you like, could listen to it? Yeah. Mm, that is, yeah. I, you guys know I'm psycho. Yeah, I know, like, but... Damn. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. that's next level. <laughs> Julia, that is the next level. I know. I just got to think about that you. for a bit. It wow. wasn't just that. Though. Like, I did into every movie. It wasn't just him. Okay. Like, it wasn't like exclusively Eddie Furlong, but like, if there was a movie I saw, like, anyway. I don't know um, if it makes it better. Um, yeah. I'm just but, <laughs> stop to hear talking. The dialogue. No, you I get did. it. You're like such a cinephile. You're like, I just want to listen to this movie. On I want to listen to Eddie Furlong say fuck off over and over and <laughs> or over. Or scream mom. Or scream mom with yeah. this little, little voice, voice It's break. perfect that it's you're doing great. a podcast. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. This is, see, I'm glad to know that all of this psychotic stuff comes <laughs> around. Preparing you? Preparing me for this. Yeah. You so, had no idea there was going to be podcasts later, but here I we didn't. are. But here we are. But here we are. It paid off. Talking about it. So no, I think that I do really like, I feel like a what I think this sequel does at least successfully is um, I think keeping the same director, sort of her deciding whether or not it had to do with rights issues or not um, to totally change the perspective um, of the lead characters and have different reasons for why they would bury things in the pet cemetery mm-hmm. other than just like death is terrible. I don't like death. Right. And I feel like all the different deaths have sort of, it gets a little wonky later on in the movie, but have different motivations. Like I think that's a great idea of like burying your stepfather cause you don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's kind of great. Yeah. Um, and so I think the movie is successful in that way. But again, I think sort of inconsistencies on like how the rules work, um, and I don't think the shock factor is just quite what it what it is compared to the original story. No, agreed. Yeah, yeah. but it's three, so it's still worth exactly. Watch. Yeah, definitely. If still you're a completist and you need to watch them all, no, there it is. There's some good stuff in here. Uh, so next week we'll be continuing on with our sequel, Orama, in which we will be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. 
yeah, this one is going to be fun. <laughs> it's got a lot to talk about. We're excited to talk about it with yeah. you. Uh, if you Google this movie, the internet has a lot to say about the sequel. And so do we. And so do we. Yeah. So we'll um, see you next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>